Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The December 11th edition of Great Talk, and I'll leave it at that and let Martin start ripping away. Go no, ahead. I'm not going to rip, Dan. I would like to get your microphone I, up. I, would, I haven't done this in a while. I would like to apologize to, to the Great Talk Nation, to Great Talk Nation out there and everyone who's reached out with their support mm-hmm. and their concerns that the show wasn't coming back. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Why would they think? It's just we no, had scheduling it, conflicts. It was a month. So the truth is three weeks ago. You got sick. No. Well, three weeks ago it was the anniversary of my brother's death. And my mom I'm not trying to bring the show down, but my mom said, can we go to uh, mass and then we'll go for coffee, which we do every year. You didn't tell me this. This was this, you didn't tell me this was the reasoning. Well, behind I didn't it. tell you that three weeks ago. But so my mom and sister and I went to mass, went out for coffee. Then the following Monday, back on schedule, I was sick. I got walloped, and I know a lot of people Did you get out COVID? there. Nope, went and got tested for everything: strep, flu, COVID, none of the above. They think it was a sinus infection, but it was a terrible cough. It was in my lungs, and everybody out there's got some form of that RSV or something. Yeah. It's going around, and so I was—I thought I had like mono. I was just dead to the world for a few days, and uh, so that was that show we missed last week. So all of a sudden, people are like, "It's—it's it's been a month." I don't know how people are surviving, Dan. Well, I, I do. Um, and <laughs> you, I hold on, you do know how they're surviving. Yeah, some way, somehow, without great talk, they've been by. fine. They've been just fine. Have they? Well, I've had a lot of people that have come up to me um, unsolicited and said, "Hey." We miss this. What, yeah. what what the hell's going on? And I, I appreciate said, that. I do too. So I appreciate that. Um, I've had a lot of tweets come our way, some emails come our way. So uh, here we are, and it's the December 11th edition and the holiday season. Oh boy, the holidays are here. We are two weeks out. Don't I sound excited? No, you don't. You actually don't. I would like. I should have walked in here. I would like. I should have given Dan a hug. I bring this up because the MAC had their Jack Buck Awards a week ago. Heard you were absolutely phenomenal. No, well, I don't know if I'm invited back, <laughs> candidly. <laughs> but I see Mike Caruso, who's a longtime blues executive VP and wears many different hats. I've not seen Mike in a long time. And so uh, this is before the banquet, before the event. I just saw him, and I gave him a hug. I just I haven't seen and Mike and I went to high school together, played basketball together. His dad was the barber for many years in Webster. Everybody knew Mr. Caruso. I don't know why. Just the holiday spirit was in me. It was the MAC. The trees up. The trains are out. And I gave him a hug, and he goes, "What are you dying?" And I'm like, <laughs> "What kind of response is that?" Doesn't everybody <clears throat> hug now, though? I'm not really into it, but I guess you got to do it. I. I What's get, the whole I, deal with it? I still get a lot of the half hand pound chest pump thing that i yeah. always mangle well fist bumps were popular because of covid yeah i'm still a fist pound guy just give me a firm handshake <clears throat> and let's move on you want a handshake okay yeah. I, i'll do a fist pound that that whatever that is I, i'm fine <laughs> with that but all the hugging and stuff the fist pound is a little bro isn't it kind of what's up bro hey what's, how we doing man Yo, i don't know does it feel that way like i don't kinda... categorize it i just know okay. what i like okay and that, you like a firm shake. I do. Have I come in hot today a little bit? You, you seem cranky. I'm not going to lie. You just seem a little edgy. I'm I not. I, you know, it's kind of a long weekend, but, uh, okay. you know, a lot of kids stuff going on, which was great. 
That's what I want. I want to be busy with the kids. Kids, the kids will keep you busy. Yes, they will. A friend of mine the other day wanted wanted to see, reached out to a couple of us. We're on this group text. Marquette was playing Notre Dame in basketball eight o'clock Saturday night. Boy, they kicked their ass. They totally did. Yeah, Damn, I let's clean it up. I don't know about this language, folks. I hope the MAC is not listening. We don't we don't talk like that. Let's it's, go back to the MAC. How well, many well, how many f bombs did you drop? F-bombs, uh, only one. Okay, that's, that's not bad. And that's sort of my wife's rule is, she said, I know you like to make jokes, but do you have to say that word? Yeah. But I do believe... Wasn't it, this being broadcast? Well, it was on the Mighty Mox until apparently it got knocked off the air. <laughs> no, <I> mean, <laughs> um, you know, th- there are some jokes, though, that I do think, and I don't like profane comedians, uh, even when I would listen like to Howard Stern, when he got too gross or too sexual, I get uncomfortable. I'm kind of a weird prude, even though I like to swear. Certain- so you're more of a Bill Cosby clean no, guy? No. Oh, but, okay. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm trying not to be a hypocrite here. But when it's like, F this, F that, F this, I hate listening to that. I can't stand it. But I do think some jokes can be punctuated with, with a swear language. word. Well, yeah. it just, it, it like, it hits home, Okay. So I was telling you this story, and I don't want to take great talk off the air. Well, no, I mean, it's but, <laughs> it's a podcast. You can do what you need to do. But Chip Mish is the general manager at the Missouri Athletic Club. He's new to town. I think he came during the summer, and I don't know him real well. And I don't know why. Some of my stuff is written down. Some just kind of happens while you're up there, as you know. And somebody had referenced him earlier. I said, Chip is here. Where is he at? Everybody kind of cheers. And I said, how long have you been here? What, three months? I said, still no caramel rolls, which is a big thing at the MAC. They used to always be sitting out. And so I said, no caramel rolls? What the fuck? Which I shouldn't have said. But everyone laughed. I think it was fun. Like, I wasn't mad. I wasn't using the F word like an anger. No, it was more to (laughs) punctuate the joke. My Kevin Demoff joke, which I said we had rejected MAC awards. Of course, they hand out their annual awards, and somebody wins the Carl Bauer, and somebody wins the Stan Musial, and somebody wins the Jack Buck. And I said, we have the Demoff. And I said, this goes to the sports executive who over the past year was the most full of shit. <laughs> that ju- if I say full of beans, yeah. it's not funny. Or- Did you get pretty good response? Yeah, everybody everybody, and everybody that I heard from loved it, thought it was funny. Yeah. You know, I know the MAC historically is kind of old school and stodgy. I think they're trying to have a little more fun, which I, I'm fine doing that. My next act, if I'm invited back, I'll, maybe I'll clean it up a little bit so I don't become. I don't want to become known as the potty mouth. But you have an adult. You're not cr- known as that, Marty. Well, I think you're known crowd. as a. You're a great MC and you're a very funny guy and you're great on your feet. I think you're the best in town that does it. I, I think in an. How about adult, that? Thank you, Dan. I I think you're and the I, best, and I mean who, that sincerely. Well, and I I think you're the best, so I'm being sincere. I'm, this is like a volley. This oh, shut the, up about me being the best. You haven't uh, even been in a crowd <clears> when I've done something. <laughs> I was going to go to the fireside chat last Thursday. Oh, the fireside chat. That was clean. We were talking oh, ca- uh, golf. You and Jay, I would like to hear that. That was out at Norwood Hills Country Club and uh, historic Norwood Hills Country Club, the host of the Ascension Charity Classic. We had a intimate group literally next to a fire as we uh, <laughs> talked and chatted about golf. But it, it was, was great. A, it was a fireplace. You didn't just happen. Yeah. There wasn't, it wasn't a fire. A that, fire. Well, it wasn't a fire that just happened in the background. No, that, that did not happen. It wasn't an incident. <laughs> there was no incident. This was a fire by design that was a fireplace. Um, you know, I did say it was an adult crowd. One of the times when I, I did say a couple swear words, I looked down on the, the panel, the dais, 
and Miggy Perez is one of the winners. He is eight, he's eighteen <laughs> years old. He's just a kid, and I'm like, oh my gosh! But there was I, no children though in the audience. I don't. Well, think. and then after I've, the, I've been there before. I've received an award there. I'm very you honored presented to. And, I presented Mike Kelly there, yep. uh, and I did the same thing. I kind of got up there with Mike Kelly's poked introduction him a little bit. Poked him. Poked the MC. Poked some people in the crowd. Just kind of made it fun. Yep. And I think that's what they want. You if not, take, it's going to get really boring. Right. You have to take a few chances. In my theory, and I'm sure you're similar, if you do an event, whether there's 300 or 500 people, if 80% of the room say, hilarious, funny, that's great, but if 10 to 20% like didn't care for it, didn't like you, you got to kind of live with that because other you can't please everyone. Cannot please. It's just in life. Greatest, you can't please everybody. Greatest compliment. At the end of the night, I'm sitting there in the Jackpot Grill with Mike Caruso and, and a number of the Blues executives and this older woman, and I'm probably mid to late 70s, walks over to me and she said, hey, I wanted to talk to you about your speech. <laughs> and I was like, oh boy, here we go. And I just said, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I said, I was just trying to have some fun. She said, no, I really liked it. But I didn't know you were like that. <laughs> Fair well, enough. She, she's the last then to get on the bus. The people, Because people know your personality. That's the way that you roll. Well, and it is different than what you see on TV. Or two-minute sportscast. Joe Buck tells that story. When his dad won, I guess it was like a Lifetime Achievement Emmy, and Jack got up there and was doing jokes like he's always done. There's another joke about whatever. Yeah. He's doing his whole spiel. And Joe said when it was over... Like Dick Ebersol from NBC and all these big shot executives. Had no idea. We're coming up like, Joe, your dad's hilarious. And Joe said, now? Yeah. He's 76 or like, you just figured this out? Exactly. So there are. Well, I people guess, aren't at these events. Well, they I guess wouldn't know. impressions of people that they right. don't know, that you could be funny or risky or whatever it is. Sure. Dan, where do you want to start? We have so much material. There's been a lot of baseball news. We, we tend to do a lot of baseball, which is yeah. fun. Otani to the Dodgers. Now you've got Otani, Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman. That's a pretty loaded lineup out there. Pretty loaded. Um, I think that the the seven hundred million didn't shock me. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this." If you break it down to a generational type player that you're paying as a pitcher and a hitter, and he's the best in both potentially, that's the going rate. So. There you go. There's 700 million now. If I'm Mason Wynn, I'm getting on the phone with my agent and saying, <laughs> "We need to get back on the mound." I, I'm right. I'm be really curious about how many, let's just say in five to ten years, and there may be none, but how many kids right now, and most of them are two way players. You know, you grow up, you're a hitter and a and a pitcher, and then all of a sudden, as you get specialized, as you go throughout your young career in high school and college. They put you in a particular position, but how many are, are now going to be told, don't give it up, just keep going. Go to a place that will allow you to do both and and see what happens. There could be a, a few that, that trickle through that might be dual threats like this. I, I, I know there's certain guys that can do it. It's just when you get to that level, they make you speciali specialize, and that's what you have to do. It's interesting. It's a great point because all these kids are the best athletes growing up, even the worst player in baseball that's hitting buck 40 and everybody's going, this guy sucks. I guarantee you look at his resume. He was the high school quarterback. Uh, yeah. He was the point guard, like star athlete and everything. How does an Otani get through without somebody saying, stop, you can't do that. You got to just, I wonder how that at any point, and we'll have him as a guest at some point, but was he told stop pitching or stop hitting? 
Well, I guess when you hit 40 or 50 bombs, <laughs> they're not going to stop you doing that. And then so if got, you're successful, just yeah. keep doing it. But, you know, Mason Wynn was a guy throwing mid to high 90s and then told, you know, you're such a great athlete, just dedicate your time to shortstop. Although I think at the very beginning of his pro career, they let him do a little bit of both. I mean, really, like a minute amount. And then he went to to play shortstop, and it's worked out, obviously. He's going to be a starting shortstop in the major leagues, and those guys aren't falling off trees. But I would think that if I had a client that could do both, I would highly encourage them to continue to try to do both or go to an organization or entice the organization to say, this guy has got a pathway. One may not work, the other might, but let's keep them going, keep the doors open for both. I would be. I'd be open to doing that. How about the – it wasn't a media war – but sort of the <laughs> the online chaos. John Morosi, who's very well respected, MLB Network. Uh, he also does a lot of NHL stuff. But he has Otani on a private jet going to Toronto. If you're a Blue Jays fan, you're going bananas. Yeah. Because when's the last time they landed a monster free? And it wound up being the guy from Shark Tank. <laughs> like he was going from Orange there, County to Toronto. There was a private jet. It did not involve Otani, but almost immediately. Bob Nightingale and then John Heyman and all the other pundits kind of were quick to weigh in. And they weren't slapping Morosi, but they immediately said, not true, not accurate. Bob Nightingale wrote a whole Sunday article in the uh, USA Today oh, did, online. I didn't see that. It, admonishing basically the media. And he did he had, mention Morosi by name? No, he, but he did did everything but and uh and admonished himself too and said really? you know i had some things wrong i've done things wrong we need to be better as a industry in, in doing this um I've, I've always said this martin i don't care uh let's take the matt holiday trade and who do you remember who the first to report it was i do not so my point is it, it's I, I guess it it matters in the circles of those you're in those circles um where you say, I'm the first to report it. Okay, I guess that's a check mark in the box of good job for you to your boss. But in the general 99.9% of the world, they don't care. They right. don't care who the first one was. And so we're so quick to make sure that we're the first one. And I, again, maybe you get paid by being the first one. That's an incentive. You know, you get an extra 10 grand. I don't know. I seriously doubt it. But we're so quick to try to be the first to get it that the the actual news is left on the side. And it's become almost... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it's become almost comedic, especially the baseball ones. Because now they'll say, Heyman had it first, Nightingale on it, so-and-so had it first. Because they don't want to discredit the others. It's almost become silly. But the end game is, what do you get out of it? Right, because... if Bob Nightingale, no one remembers it. If Bob Nightingale doesn't break another story first, if Ken Rosenthal, I'll still consider them baseball insiders. Of course. I'll still look to them for some baseball insight. Are they going to get some stuff wrong? Probably. But I'm not that worried about it. I wanted to say uh, Otani to the Dodgers, Shohei on it, because he broke the news. He, yes. He posted that he was going to the Dodgers and thanked everybody with the Angels, and I wanted to say Shohei had it first. What happens to Mike Trout now? I guess he's he's got to stay there, and his contract is so big. I don't know what the appetite is for a lot of teams out there to take that on because he's been injured the last couple of years. Now, normally you'd say, yeah, we'll figure out a way to get Mike Trout in, and I'm sure there's organizations that would do that in a heartbeat, but I think you'd do it with hesitation to an extent because he's owed a ton of money still. He's not a spring chicken, and he's been hurt. 
and you're kind of in this wasteland that is the Angels. You know, you got Rendon, you got Trout, and with Otani and Trout, you never made the playoffs in six years. And yet Albert Pools, granted, not at his peak, but they made it to the postseason once. One time. And got swept yeah. by the Royals. It's And now Albert had his event this weekend. He's back in town. It's almost like he never left. It's like he's a it cardinal is. and like, oh, the Angels, yeah, that thing, yeah, then never mind. They gave me a bunch of money. Don't worry about <laughs> right. it. It's bizarre. Uh, cards did trade Tyler O'Neill. Not shocked at this point. We all kind of knew that was coming. I just wonder, are they done? They got rid of O'Neill. That was part of the roster, clutter, whatever you want to call it. Since you and I talked, they added Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson and then Sonny Gray, which was two Mondays ago. I don't think it's enough, but I do feel like they're done other than some bullpen maneuvering. You got to get the bullpen. I, I did some numbers the other day looking at, I think it was 41 blown leads and saves was in the 20s in terms of blown saves. The ERA was above five. I mean, it was terrible. And the average starter last year, Marty, went five and a third. So you you better back in your bullpen and have some arms that you know are are good arms to get you and bridge you the gap to the back back end, which I think their back end is pretty good. You just don't know how much Ryan Helsley can throw per week, per series. Um, can he go two out of three? I mean, he's very careful with what he does. I understand it. And then you got Gallegos trying to have somewhat of a bounce back year, but has been in that position of closing games out. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm investing in my bullpen, which is the hardest thing to figure out year to year because some guys could have a great year and the following year it's awful. Then they're great the next year. Some guys are great all the way through. Some guys you expect to be good and they're just not. It's really it, – it's it's kind of Russian roulette with that stuff. You're not sure what you're going to get. I think you need just so many options because if this guy yeah. stinks, move on. If this guy's hurt, move on. You just need tons of arms yep. that you can throw out there. And unfortunately for some of these guys, they're just going to get beat up, chewed up and spit out. It's just kind of the way it works. But give me a couple new guys this year that we can give me some chew, swing and miss that we can chew up and spit out. And I think because Helsley is not necessarily a guy who goes back to back very often, you almost need that backup closer. And we thought it was Gallegos and last year he was bad. I think he's a guy though, who's willing to pitch every single yes. day and they might need him to say not today yep. they almost need him to say hey i want to be available I, I you can count on me but actually i am kind of sore today and i i think if i go out there i'll suck he needs to say that you know it's going to happen too it's just it's just going to happen tyler o'neill's going to have a solid year oh he's going to win the alcs mvp <laughs> and i i mean that with the fact is if he's healthy and plays 140 games and plays majority of games at at uh fenway, fenway and he's, he's motivated because he's a free agent. He's been waiting to get to this spot, to hit free agency. So he's got one year to go. He's going to have a monster year. And he'll find a way through all the little nicks and bruises and cuts and things of that nature to be on the field and to be available for that team every single day. The Red Sox, I, I'd i be shocked if he doesn't have a great year. I would I'd be agree. shocked. I would agree with that. And Scott Boris is already cranking up the hype machine and poking at the Cardinals. But if he plays, but, he produces. Well, and I, But I, I will raise my hand now and say I'm not doing any TV commentary. I'm not going to come on Great Talk and say, what were they doing? It was time to cut bait. Absolutely. It was time. It doesn't mean he can't have a great year like you're talking about. You may very well be right. I could see that happening. But I'm not going to second-guess this move. It's too frustrating, too often, where he's – I mean, how many times the bell, man, too many times late scratch. That's one of the reasons I wanted Molina as like the bench coach. I wanted him to look at Ollie's lineup at five 30 and say, what happened? 
Oh, he he can't go. He ate some sushi. What? He can't go. And I wanted Yachty to go in there and throw him against the wall and say, you're playing. Yes. It's part <laughs> of it is being able to answer the bell. I mean, the, the second day of spring training, guys are hurt. They're, 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 they're hurt not, all year. They're hurt the entire year. And so you find a way to answer the bell. That's the beauty of the sport. The grind of it is finding a way to be in that lineup. And I'm telling you, if he plays 140 games, he'll pop 25, 30 home runs. He'll steal you 20 Smash and win a gold doubles glove. doubles off that wall yeah. in left field. And a guy named O'Neal in Boston, they'll love him. Yeah. They Didn't will. think of that part. Hey, what's up, bro? Tyler O'Neal. Yeah. My aunt's an O'Neal. <laughs> My cousin's an O'Neal. It'll be perfect. Uh, that was part of the cleaning up, I would say, of the roster. But as far as the additions, I'm excited about Sonny Gray. I just, I just think the rotation is thin. And I think Lance Lynn will be motivated. I think Kyle Gibson may be a little underrated if you look at his it season is. and stats. And I love that he lives around here. Yeah. Part of a farming community nearby. In fact, I texted Wainwright because they're friends and they've done stuff with the Big League Impact. And I said, would love to go down to Kyle's family farm and do this whole story and all this. And he said, why don't you ask him? And I said, well, I'm asking you because I don't know him and I don't have his number. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was trying to do. And did he to, reply back? He just said, I'll, he said, I'll send him a text. Yeah. And I have not heard back yet. But that was, that was three weeks ago. That was, yeah. It's a busy time of year. Nobody has time to send a text. Understood. <laughs> Who could possibly? Understood. It's the holiday season. Or get the response. Uh, what else do you want to get into college football? We got Mizzou going to the Cotton Bowl. Ohio State may or may not feel the team that day. I mean, Mizzou should win that game now. The line has just shifted dramatically. All these Ohio State players that are not going to play. I hate the fact that if Mizzou wins They're the game. quarterbacks in the transfer portal, right. for God's sakes. And everybody said, well, he was terrible. No, he wasn't. His stats were like 24 touchdowns, six picks. Over 3,000 yards. Can't beat Michigan. I understand that. But he's not terrible, okay? He was two plays away from beating Michigan. Yeah. I mean, that's the you look at it, he was a couple of plays away. And they beat Michigan, and then the, this entire conversation we're having is completely different. Yeah, he's not in the portal. No. They're mad at Ryan Day. He's 56-7. and seven. Yep. He's 56-7 and seven with three straight losses to Michigan. Yeah. I had the big O. Uh, I was on the podcast last week on scoopswithdannymack.com, Orlando Pace, and I said, does Urban Meyer still sort of loom large over the camp? He said, 100%. It's still all about Urban because he had him running at an even higher level. I think he was 83-9. and nine, Something Incredible. insane. And it still just kind of looms over Ryan Day and everybody else. And every time Fox has got a game, Urban's on the desk. He's yeah. always right there. But I don't think Ohio State cares about this game. And that just kind of stinks for Mizzou. Now, just go and win the game. You want Cody Schrader to finish his career on a high note. Brady Cook and company, go play well. Beat them. But it'll still be, well, Ohio State didn't care. Oh, it was a diminished roster. Cody Schrader, top 10 in your Heisman votes. Eighth? <laughs> I think he should have been higher. That That is one of the unbelievable stories in this year. I mean, when you think about, okay, well, the Cardinals played poorly, didn't expect that. That's a story. Yeah, this is a story. This guy emerged. What? Cody Schrader in the top 10 of the Heisman? It might be the most like outlandish story of all of them. Unbelievable. And, and it's... The more you talk to him, and he was at the MAC event getting an award the other night. How was night. his speech? Uh, very good. Yeah, good. And, and a guy who's got a determined kid, of course. But he told me, I said, did Mizzou recruit you in high school? And he said, the running backs coach, now this would have been before Drinkwitz, so the Odom staff. But he said, the running backs coach came to one of my practices. He said, once. He said, I never heard from him again. And that was it. And he said, then I went to Truman State. He said, when I had the chance to walk on, he said, I wanted to go and show him 
that they were wrong, that he was highly determined to be at Mizzou and succeed so that they would know they made a mistake. So I said, when you transferred, what a drink would say to you was possible. Oh, I never talked to him. I mean, when I transferred, like, and basically, like, filled out some forms and talked to somebody. He didn't even, like, Drinkwitz and him didn't even talk well, before it, he got to Mizzou. Isn't the story, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the only reason he wound up at Mizzou is that Drink was trying to get a booster to donate, and the booster said, I'll donate if you take on this kid, Cody Schrader. So he got the, uh, really? then he got I didn't the, know that. He got the donation, and I'm not sure if this is true. I think it is. I've heard this. Willie, check. So he got the donation, and he gets the kid that finishes top 10 wow. in the Heisman. Okay, that's a great story. I did not know that. But when he said he transferred, he goes, we didn't even talk. I said, so the head coach doesn't, he goes, I mean, there's a lot of kids on a college football team. Sure. But to me, that makes it even more remarkable. They never recruited him. Even when he transfers to be a walk-on, there is no coach saying, come on, pal, you can do this. We believe in you. It's just like you're a guy on the team, and they can't ignore him. It's unbelievable. That was one of my jokes I was proud of, Dan, at the MAC. I did say, I'm going to write a book. Cody, if it's okay, I'm writing a book about your story. It's called Rudy Can Suck It. <laughs> and I said, I said, I don't want some nerd who just wants to wear the jersey and get on the field. I said, I want a guy who gets on the field and kicks everyone's ass. There you go. And, and it's so the place true. Went nuts. They, they went nuts. It was a very Mizzou pro crowd. They were yep. excited. And it, it is eighth in the Heisman. I'm sure he should have been higher. He led the SEC in rushing. But I think people were late to his story. Oh, for sure. And and I think that when they started to move up in the top 25 rankings, that's when more people started to take a look. And then they got a couple of big wins, and he had big games in those wins too. I was thinking, watching the uh, the Heisman ceremony, I was thinking, they need a Martin Kilcoin here to lighten this thing up. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, the thing is stiff for an hour. Yeah, it, it's it's very stodgy, but maybe they like it that I, way. I think it's supposed to be that way. I get it, the tradition of it. <laughs> <laughs> you gave this award to who? We can go through some of like, the busts, over, like the worst Heisman winners of all time. Uh, I was thinking of Drinkwitz, though, in this sense. A year ago, nobody was too high on him, and it was three years in. Yeah, he could come to town and make a couple of jokes and get a couple of recruits, but they just really, the program didn't feel special. And I said, right now, there's a lot of angst from the fan bases that are following the Cardinals. They're not that happy with Ali Marmol. Even his boss, John Mozeliak, last week basically said, yeah, he's got a year on his contract, and if he wins, fine. And then Marmol said, that's the deal. If we win, we're fine. Craig Berube is going to start feeling some public heat eventually because in hockey, they fire coaches all the time. He is now and, in the top third of tenure, I and, believe. And I wouldn't do it, but I'm just saying there'll be a growing, well, what can we do? We can't get rid of the whole team, which I would actually advocate at times. But he's going to, and I don't think he cares. He'll get another job in two seconds. He'll have to pay him. And it sounds ridiculous, but I think it'll come up if this team continues to struggle. And then you have Travis Ford and SLU, and that program is going backwards. So all of a sudden, and I said, all three of you, when you start to hear the public outcry or where I don't think the Blues fans will ever call for Baruba. That's different. Cardinal fans are all over Marmol. Billiken fans are upset with Travis Ford. With Baruba, it's just more like the way the NHL works that I think it could become a topic. But for all of them, look at Drinkwitz. A year ago, fans were like, I'll help you pack, dude. And now they're like, is he going to leave? I hope yeah. he doesn't leave. It's, it can turn quickly. I was surprised I haven't heard his name a lot. Maybe it has been there, but I haven't heard it with his name linked to certain jobs. I, I thought that now if he does this again, 
and has yeah, another I think huge next year. year is a different story. Yeah, do it two years in a row. You're going to hear his name all over the place. And I don't know what jobs open up. I get you know A and M was the big job, and once that was filled, I don't know what what was open where you could have linked him to, but maybe next year. If they win nine or ten, then all of a sudden he's recruiting, man. I mean, it's about getting players, and they're getting players through the transfer portal too. So he's getting kids. It's it's such a delicate balance, and I'm sure he would admit this. If they go seven and five, a game here or there doesn't go their way, like K State or Florida, then those kids, yeah, Mizzou. But all of a sudden, you got that shiny ten and two record. They're like, oh, I'll go there. Yeah, it just builds on itself, which is great. Also, it builds if uh, you have the money in the NIL. Situation. Yeah. I mean that that's these these QBs that are transferring from all over the place. Who said just, it? The other was it Matt Rule, the Nebraska coach? who said it's a million, a million and a half. He said it's the going rate. He said for a quarterback, million, million and a half is unbelievable. Yeah, when and that's it, where they're saying the Ohio State kid may wind up is Nebraska. Okay, and then you had the Oklahoma kid, Gabriel, transferred to Oregon. I can't keep track of these kids in part because well, think about Parker Brown. Remember when he was on Mizzou basketball? It was like five years ago. I think he might have been recruited by Kim Anderson. He's on Kansas. Yeah. I'm like, wait a minute, where did he come from? They're like, well, he was on Santa Clara. I'm like, wait a minute, the guy at Mizzou 10 years ago was yeah. on Santa Clara, and now he's on Kansas? Well, the other thought, the thought of this is that you had the COVID years, too. Right. So then you had an extra year on that where some kids have stayed in for five or six years. And that's why I think people are like, wait a minute, that kid – I remember that kid. Then you introduced the transfer portal. Then he also got a medical red shirt with a COVID year, and it's five or six years. <laughs> and and that's happening. I mean, that's happened to me a couple of times when I'm watching a game. I'm like, wait a minute. This guy should be playing on Sundays four years ago. Well, and your Heisman finalist, I mean, Michael Penix, we remember him at Indiana. Indiana. Okay. Yeah. And then Jaden Daniels was at, I think, Arizona or Arizona State. Arizona like, State. All these guys are from Played somewhere. Played for Herm Edwards. They're all from somewhere else. It's right. I know. Give. I, I love it when a kid stays. It's why last year with Mizzou basketball, I just love the Kobe Brown story because he started as a freshman. I mean, he got there as a freshman. He was okay. Next year, a little better than by June. He just kept getting better, and that used to be how you fell in love with certain players with your program because they were there. You kind of saw them evolve, and they got a little bit better. Then they got a little bit better. He advanced all the way to the NBA, which is awesome. Well, the bottom line is is that uh, if you're not in on the NIL. And if you're not in on the transfer portal, you're just not going to win. Right. I don't think that you can sit there and say, we're going to build a program and bring in a bunch, a bunch of freshmen, and we're going to keep them for four years. Ain't going to happen. And if that's the way you're going to build it, you're not going to win. I did text, and I'm not close with Eli Drinkwitz at all, but I've been around him a fair amount. And I texted him, I said, the key to the turnaround, actually, it was last spring. So he was on KTRS radio in person. We were at an event in town with Ben Fredrickson, Brendan Weesey and myself, we're hosting, we're live at some Mizzou fundraiser. And he sits down and they had me bring him in as Mike Kelly. So I was just doing the Mike Kelly voice. And I was like, ladies and gentlemen, from the Missouri Tigers University System, Columbia, the head coach of said football team, Elijah F. Drinkwitz. And he goes, (laughs) hold on, hold on. And he's sitting right next to me. He said, did you say Elijah? And I said, yeah, what, are, what is it? And he goes, it's not my name. My name's Eliah. Because there's oh, no, really? there's no, no J. J. Okay. And I, I think I knew that, but I don't know. I was just kind of lost in my Mike Kelly moment. And I was sure. trying to punctuate everything and drag it out, a long introduction. And he, the whole interview, he's like, did you call me Elijah? Like, <laughs> so it became a joke between us. 
So I texted him and said, you realize the key to the whole season is once I disrespected you <laughs> and called you, and he like sent a smiley face or whatever. But to me, Dan, that was the key to the whole season. Hey, this then. is this is brought to you by the Ascension Charity Classic. Get your tickets now, the Ascension Charity Classic. Stocking stuffer. That's why they have tickets on sale now and great deals because Christmas is around the corner. That's ascensioncharityclassic.com. Speaking of deals, Lordo's Diamonds. If you're looking for a great piece of jewelry for the loved one in your life for this holiday season, go see Jimmy and Joe Lordo. Located in the heart of Ladue, it's Lordo's Diamonds, Triad Bank, our buddy Jim Regna will meet you, cup of coffee, right in the doorway. He'll say, here's a cup of coffee. Come sit down. Let's talk about your future. He's going to help you out. That's a Triad Bank for all your banking needs. And Lou Fuse, Fuse.com. They've got all the kids' programs going over there. They also have all the great deals with vehicles at Fuse.com. Lou Fuse. Automotive Group is a great sponsor of Scoops with DannyMac.com. Also coming to you from the Pasta House Studios this time of year on the run. Let them do the cooking for you. You can order online, PastaHouse.com, or stop by 19 area locations. Appliance discounters, how about for the family this year, Dan? What about a new refrigerator? Huh? I know the kids won't be that excited, but mom and dad might get a kick out of that. New stove, washer, dryer, biggest names, lowest prices, of course, it is appliance discounters marie de villa senior living corner of clayton and wideman road the tree is up you know fred and mary Kay, very festive you can stop off and just take some pictures with the kids at the giant tree largest outdoor tree in all of st louis county marie de villa at the corner of clayton and wideman road of course the missouri athletic club will be doing the show lot i may not be welcome back but dan, dan will be doing the show <laughs> from the mac two different clubhouses downtown and of course out west and you mentioned jim Ragna, the fine folks at triad bank i was there the other day i had to get something notarized we walk right in just the service i just love how friendly they are and sometimes they just sit in the lobby and like sir can we help you i'm like no just sitting here in the lobby <laughs> love the folks at triad bank how about the uh, jason tatum appearance over the weekend oh Went yeah he's in a slew game, game right Kind of cool, some star was, power like that. What was he doing? I mean, they had a weekend off, obviously, I guess. I guess the Celtics, obviously, I mean, he could fly in and out within two hours of yeah. do whatever he wants, but he's good buddies with T.J. Hargrove. And the story, uh, okay. and, the story and granted, he loved, his dad played at Slew, Justin, but the story goes back in the day, he's at Chaminade, and, of course, Mizzou's in on him, and Slew, I think, was in his final three. He goes to Duke. Don't fault him at all. It's hard to turn down Duke. But there was a kid at CBC who was like his buddy, uh, Jordan, not Barnett, but I think Jordan Barnes, played at Indiana State, a smaller guard. Anyway, the story was that if SLU would have offered that kid, Tatum would have thought about going with his best buddy. Really? And that's, I guess that would have been Jim Cruz back then. So I don't know if that's accurate or not. It's hard to say you're not going to Duke. What that would have been unbelievable for one year. I don't know the story here, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you are a CBC cadet. What happened in their state football game? Well, I was hosting the auction that night. It was interesting, and this is what a great sports... I, I'm not trying to put you on the no, spot No, that's here. fine. I don't mind talking about it the, from what I know. But that night of the auction, they're also playing the state title game. So being a great sports reporter, Dan, with all my great sources, I was getting updates throughout the night, not from Misha or Jim Powers, Heidi Glaus of KTRS. Scott Pingle is her brother-in-law, the head coach, the football coach. So she's at the game in Columbia texting me. Hey, it's 7-0 CBC. Crowd goes nuts. Ooh, it's 7-7. Okay. Oh, Liberty North has scored again. Finally, like 31-7, I said, can I stop giving updates? I think it just got clobbered. But for those who didn't hear, the game was stopped with a little over three minutes left. I think it was 38-7 to at that point. 
what I was told, so there was a lot of, it was getting chippy. CBC had beaten Liberty North twice the last two years, once in the finals, once in the state semifinals. So they really wanted to get them, Liberty North, which is fine. Great revenge, beat them in the state title game. What I was told is it was getting a lot of like extra hits after the play, and they thought it was getting out of hand. So what Pingle said to the officials is, hey, you got, you got to get this thing under control or we're going to have to stop this game. You got to get this thing. It's getting out of hand. Somebody's going to get hurt. And then they huddled, the officials, that's what I was told, and then they said, okay, we're going to stop the game. And he's like, well, no, I just – and then the other coach is like, what do you mean stopping the game? It's a terrible look because you've dominated for years. You've won so many state titles, and you've given it and handed it out to a lot of teams. It looks like, oh, you finally getting it handed to you, and you can't take it. It's a terrible look. It's bad optics. I think Pingle got trashed online. I didn't see all of it, but I know people were largely like, oh, that's, that's a bad look. If that's accurate, maybe the, I don't know. So you heard that he did not I, pull his team. No, he didn't pull his team. He said to the this is what I was told. Would really like to actually. If he probably doesn't want to talk about it, but I'd like to get him on radio or TV and say, let's go through this. Let's explain it to folks. He'd probably would rather it just dies down. But supposedly he didn't say stop the game. He said if we can't get this under, you're going to have to stop it. What the officials should have done, in my opinion, is call both coaches over and say, listen, you, you, you're winning thirty-eight seven. You stop passing. You stop passing. Let's get this clock. Let's run it down. Tell your kids they're going to get ejected quickly. Here, we're going to have a quick hook, whatever. But that didn't happen. So Liberty North is going to win anyway. But it, it's a it's it's, yeah, just it's, a, it's an ugly way to end the season. Absolutely, yeah. You and then there's no. And way. then they said, "Oh, nobody shook hands." Well, apparently Misha said, "No handshakes." You over there. You over there. And maybe it was smart. Maybe they would have gotten into a fist fight. It's a terrible look. All right, you cleared it up. I needed. That's to hear all that. I know. That's what I know. And sometimes you're only as good as your source, Dan. I know this has been a great talk. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.